Welcome to Love, Sex, and Relationships with the Professor and Professor T. Love. And tonight we are going to talk about traditional gender roles in a relationship and how that affects us today or even if it applies. We're going to talk about six major ones that come from an article that deals with girl talk and it covers six major points. The first point being the breadwinner which is usually associated with whoever is the person that brings financial stability to the relationship. As we all know, traditionally, it is usually associated with the male. The male is the one who is the dominant one. He brings the most money. But in today's society, that isn't always the case. What do you think about that, Professor T. Love? Well, the breadwinner... Well, you know, this is 2017, so, I mean, 2018, so, it's like the breadwinner could be a woman, too, meaning, like, you know, as far as that's concerned, the breadwinner today is whoever brings the money in, okay, because this is a modern era now, and, you know, even though traditionally it has been men that bring the money in, um, into the relationship, the breadwinner. Now that things have changed, women's incomes have come up, and now is that women are bringing the money in. But I, I think that today, um, some relationships would have to be okay with who brings in the money. You know, as far as that's concerned. So whoever it, before it would be whoever is the dominant one. But I don't necessarily agree that that whoever the breadwinner is. Winner is is the dominant one. What do you think? Well, that's true. It doesn't always mean that the uh, breadwinner is always the dominant one, but I do know that it varies from couple to couple, gender to gender, community to community. In the most heterosexual relationships, they would usually associate that with the man. The man is normally the one who is. If he brings all the money, then he's normally the dominant one. He he makes and breaks the rules or enforces the rules. But like you said, nowadays you have many women that are doing the same thing, so that doesn't necessarily apply. But breadwinners used to be the head of the household, but now that's not the case. In some cases, it depends on how the couple sees it. So that would also go based on the couple. You know? Well, absolutely. If it's if it's you know, even if it's a gay couple, you know, it really you know, it depends on the couple. You know, that's why I said today breadwinner used to be associated with male roles. Um, not saying that male roles don't get played out in, in gay relationships, um, especially if it's man to man or if it's woman to woman. But really, when I look at the role of a, a breadwinner, it mostly means the person who brings in the financial means for the household. Right, but when you brought up um, the breadwinner in a gay couple, in a gay relationship, how does that usually work? Is it the 
would you say that it's based on whether the one has a stronger presence, the one that's the dom or the one that's the mid, or maybe they take turns? How does that work? No, I think it is that if if it's if it's a relationship where you have more of the aggressor, the if the aggressor chooses to be the one that is the breadwinner, then mm -hmm. you know, then that's different. But if it's a, a type of relationship where either one of them could be bringing in income and they sh they split it, meaning that both of them could be bringing in sizable income and they just take turns, you know, as far as that. But unless they're playing out that role of maybe a dominant and a submissive, then that changes the, the you know, changes the... the the criteria of the the dynamics of the relationship because really what a, if it's a dom submissive type relationship you might have it where the person the dominant one is the one that has the control that have been given the control in the relationship and might have also not only given them control in the relationship but also given them control in the financial matters of the relationship and the person that's the submissive would have to agree to obey and relinquish control. And that means you, 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 you're relinquishing control in terms of how you deal with each other um, in a relationship, but then you're also saying, I'm releasing control financially. Now that's, that's, that's kind of deep because that means um, that's a real deep power exchange that's going on there. And you can have domination, submissive roles, um, just like when you see, uh, was it Fifty Shades of Grey? You had a dom, a dom and a submissive. And the dom just happened to be this wealthy guy who had a lot of money, but he was a sadist, okay, on the low. And whatever, you know, as long as the submissive obeyed and was willing to give over to him, he took care of her needs. And that can be played out in gay and straight relationships. Okay. Do you think that do you think this kind of philosophy is good for modern relationships? What's your opinion of that? Well what, 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 Go ahead. Hmm? Go ahead. I'm saying do you think that that kind of philosophy or using that Well, I well, you know what we we gotta we gotta pull back a little bit because anytime that you're in a relationship with someone, you both are submitting to each other. There has to be okay. some level of submission going on, and right, that's the theory. <laughs> right, that's the theory. But 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 in order to me, in order for that relationship to work, you both have to submit. There's got to be mm -hmm. some submission on that level, and I'm not talking about I'm not I'm I'm not talking about financial now. I'm talking about the relationship itself. There 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 is a there is now what level of submission is going on? Then then we got to see what what's going to play out with that. But there is when you decide to get together with another person, and you both are really making an agreement that y'all going to be in this relationship with each other. 
How much submission is going on, we don't know because it really depends on what type of relationship you're establishing with one another. But there is a level of submission going on, and 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 when you say modern, in terms of modern uh, today, I, I don't I don't think that's I wouldn't coin that as modern. I just feel that across the board, when you get married, you're both submitting to each other. You, you're submitting. Well, I'm just saying, just as an example, when you get married, you're both submitting to each other. When you are in a regular relationship, you're both submitting to each other. But the level of submission means you both are, are, are really would have to talk out what what kind of submission is going to go on here. You know what 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 are the roles that's going to get played out? Because some people they know what they want. They they're going to be the dom. This person's going to be the submissive. They already know that, you know, because that's what they already specifically are looking for. You know, but a lot of people don't necessarily know what role is going to get played out a lot of time. And sometimes it naturally unfolds, too, that you have this person, there's, there's a more dominant person in the relationship. What do you think about that? Well, yeah, I think naturally there is a more dominant person, but uh, when I say more modern, I, maybe I was trying to clarify that. More modern meaning what couples encounter today as a unit as compared to some of the issues they may have encountered in the past, meaning the sometimes the onslaught of like the attack of the, the family unit, no matter which side it is. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, there is a certain amount of submission, but there's also, uh, sometimes you, you can't go with those traditional roles. Mm -hmm. and sometimes um, people will have to have exchange of power. Mm -hmm. Maybe the breadwinner you may control today, but may not need you to control tomorrow. Not saying that you won't regain your title back, mm -hmm. but you maybe have to be open to changing your philosophy, opinions, or thoughts, or just at least be flexible. Because mm -hmm. sometimes being the breadwinner or the financially strong one isn't always the best because there's so many things that attack the family unit that were not present in the past. Well, maybe they were present, but they weren't as obvious or as, as blatant as they are now. Mm -hmm. So that would, to me, that would make a major major difference in how the whole situation is handled and like you said, yes, some things can naturally unfold, but if they naturally unfold and each party is okay with it, that's also because there's an acceptance of allowing each person to grow. There's a limit sometimes. People don't allow each other to grow, so that's why you may be stuck in traditional roles of one is a dom, one is a submissive, this one's in control, this one is not, you do what you're told, you don't do what you're told, mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I think that's also because when you submit, it's, it's a little more than just submit, but also acceptance of the growth and change of each person. What is really, because over time when you're with anyone, you learn more and more about them. Behavior changes. Um, voice pitch and you can tell certain things that have occurred in someone's life during the day you know someone's a little cranky maybe they didn't get sleep maybe they didn't you know get a homework assignment or maybe they didn't get a work assignment or maybe they got laid off a job it could be anything mm. but when you were a person for a period of time you get to read those things right right that's true and you know 
And and that to me is where the big difference is. So when you are a breadwinner, you may have to take on that nurturing role. You may have to understand that it's not just because you have the power that you know, just because you have the power financially doesn't mean you have the power with everything. That's true. Because even in um you know, there there are stereotypes also. I feel there's a lot of stereotypes I think just in general, general um, with gender roles too, because sometimes even in uh, gay and lesbian relationships, um, you know, certain um, traditional maybe female chores are rele- relegated to maybe a partner that's that likes to romantic com- uh, comedies and go shopping and all of that. Um, even if that partner made more money, still certain things people think get ascribed because that person tends to be the more feminine one or 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 because the one is more male in the relationship they get ascribed certain things that would be tend to be male but they might be the exact opposite they might be the nurturer in a relationship and the and and the female partner might be the person that goes out there and and is a go-getter and you know that's you know balancing the financial aspects or balancing the budget or whatever the case may be but i think to me it's just you know as far as this is concerned with with roles um you know, you have to de- define that because I think sometimes we can get caught up, like you say, it could be because of past tradition and how we were raised and how we saw things in which, you know, is no fault of our own, you know, being, you know, seeing that from our parents or whatever the case may be. But um, sometimes, you know, you can get, uh, things can get a little bit jaded if you assume certain things that this person is going to do because this is what, you know, from, from another relationship, this is what my partner did in this relationship. And it may not be that way in, in, in another relationship. You know what I'm saying? Um, as far as that's concerned. So what's the second uh, thing about... Well, we sort of jumped to like the fifth and the sixth one. So we're going to yeah, just yeah. right into We're going to into the fifth one we talked about masculinity and femininity right which is you know basically covering you know what is associated with female traits and what is associated with dominant traits mm-hmm. and a, a lot of that sometimes is you know some people feel that you know women should only women should never wear pants mm-hmm. they should wear skirts or like you said women are maybe the domestic ones. They take care of the cooking, the cleaning, the inside of the house, where the more masculine one takes care of the outside of the house. So that would also sort of tie into with the the um, breadwinner. But mm-hmm. then that is also, you know, that's what the whole question is, are these, these roles and these uh, gender-specific labels are they good for what's going on in today as, as, as family units are developing and relationships are developing? Mm-hmm. So masculinity is always a problem because that is masculinity and femininity are two things that are always on the forefront. What defines someone to be masculine? What defines someone to be feminine? Is it masculine? You, you know, you uh, wear pants all the time. You uh, go to the gym, uh, mm-hmm. you uh, garden, you, you work under the 
hood of a car all day? Do you build stuff? If you're feminine, does that mean you bake cookies all day, run around and take care of the children, make sure everybody is eating well? So um, all of those different things. So do they matter when dividing up chores and responsibilities in the house? You know, should only one partner do this because that's what they're assigned to do because of their gender? What do you think? Well, you know what? I think men and women, at some form or another, they engage in both feminine and masculine activities. Um, mm -hmm. Because I think because depends on on you know a lot of times it depends on 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 what you've done what you've seen other people do you know in your household too you know um sometimes you have like you said you mentioned about a man doing gardening and there there are a lot of men you know a lot of times people think that's sissy-ish that might be a sissy thing to do um but i don't think so because originally men were the farmers you know, you may not look at it in the aspect of, of, you know, cultivating flowers, but they were the planters. You know, they would, they would go out there and they would um, raise the crops and, you know, basically raise the food or whatever. The women might go out there and plant the seeds, but usually the men were the ones that would harvest the food. Um, but in this instance, you know, planting flowers and stuff is not necessarily harvesting but it is it is a um it is a masculine thing i feel you know when you're going out there when you can do gardening that means you have a green thumb that means that you you may not be a farmer but you know how to grow things you know and a lot of times they think you know people assign gardening with women but there are met many men that 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 are very good at gardening you know and, and one person um like that is my father my father he has he has the greatest green thumb I ever seen, meaning that he can grow all kinds of azaleas, magnolias. He he knows his flowers, you know. But I think him knowing that came from his mother, cause his mother grew flowers too. But my grandfather was a farmer though, okay. So he had a little bit of the masculine and the feminine rubbing off on him. So you know it it really um. Again, it has to do with culture too. You know, um, what what has been designed designed as a masculine role in the family? Okay, uh, the person that goes out there and and, and um, plants the crops or um, minds the animals and stuff. But you know, in some African cultures, the women were the ones that went out there and, and harvested too. You know, they would harvest the crops too. Okay, and, and carrying the babies on their back. Okay, um, being the nurturer, but then also being the gatherer. While the husband is the hunter, they're the gatherer. You know, so there's, you know, it's kind of, you know, things that are ascribed to be feminine. <laughs> you know, I think they use it too loosely. I think they use, uh -huh. you know, feminine and masculine too loosely because it really depends on what situations we've been in. In life, you know, sometimes you might have had to be the one that that had to step to the forefront and take care of the family, because that other person might have not been it, been able to be there for whatever reason to do that, or they just wasn't there. 
So um, I can see, you know, how people can sometimes um, ascribe ascribe that figure if you're if you're a man, you know, and you have balls and a penis, and you know, um, you know, and and you have a certain physique about you. These are certain things that these type of men do, and that, that even even with sports, you know, before you saw mostly men. Like if you look at the Olympics, right? You saw mostly men doing the um, the bobsled. Now you're starting to see sisters do bobsledding. Okay? Especially these Nigerian sisters who were track runners. They doing, they're doing bobsledding. So wherever these... these um, even now men with ice skating... That, you know, usually... You would see men ice skate. But um, mostly they would target... Like back in the days, maybe 20 years, 25 years ago... They would target more of the females. Because you saw more female... I skated, but now you seeing men getting into a sport where they're twisting and turning just like women, you know, in terms of the flow and the body and the dancing and the choreography. And a lot of men that are in ice skating are gay. You know, they are gay. You know, but like I said, there are some things that now are crossing lines where you'll see women doing really traditionally masculine. Uh, roles or jobs where now and then men might be turning I've, I've heard of guys knitting in fact there is a gay knitting group meetup group <laughs> where there are men that know how and not and even straight men that know how to knit and I'm like I, I can knit if you ask me but there are, men, <laughs> there are men out here that know how to knit and I, and I think that's, that's hot that is really hot that there are men that know how to knit. There's, there are sisters out here, and, and, and I'm going to name you, Professor, that can go out there and, and, and take an abandoned house and flip it and make it a new house. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. She, my girl could put on her construction boots. And get out there and do her thing. That's right. And, and and not only that, be walking in stilettos afterwards. You understand? This is like it's nothing. And, and because that's a that's a part of you, right? Now we're talking about gender roles, right? But that's a part of you because something that was normally ascribed to men, especially with construction. There are women out here that can go out there and put a house together just as good as some brothers out here or, so, or some men out here. You know what I'm saying? They have, and it's not, I'm not talking about project management and you managing the pro. I mean, getting in there, doing demolition, tearing down walls, showing, showing brick face, you understand? Tearing down stair, stairs and rebuilding stairs. You know what I'm saying? That type of thing. You know how to take a house, strip it, and make it new. That's a gift, you know, and there's a lot of sisters out here like yourself that, that do that. So, you know what I'm saying? So, there, so again, today it's different because I think now, I mean, women are still fighting some uphill battles. And, you know, and, and even in the gay community, that too, because sometimes people tend to think because you look masculine, there's no feminine qualities to you. Not necessarily. Because as women, whether we're butch, or we with a feminine relationship, we still have those female qualities in us 
we, we that we love children, we're still nurturers. You know what I'm saying? That that never leaves. That will never leave. And even if it's a a, a male relationship. And those men that they're still nurturers, they may be men, but they have feminine qualities about them that also they exhibit, they love children, they want to have kids, they want to do other things. And some of those sometimes tend to be a little bit more feminine. You know, what do you think? Hmm. Yeah, that's true. That, that is true. That is true. You know, that's been a, I think that's been a long debate. Did you see that movie? You have to be a barber. What if you love to 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 press, curl, and everything? Did Most you? Most people assume that you have to be a gay male. <laughs> right. <prepare>. That's <laughs> true. You you saw that movie about Zohan or something like that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he was a he was a sex machine with the chicks. He was a sex machine with the chicks, but he liked to do hair. But he was an Israeli soldier. <laughs> And he got tired of that And he always wanted to be A hairstylist And he did great hair mm -hmm. <laughs> Exactly You know right. He was so very much a man obviously Oh very much And, and, and very much yeah. packing, packing in the right places But the thing <laughs> is uh, Right you know, he, but, he, he didn't want to Let anybody think he was gay So he made sure he took care of all his clients Right. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, they was like friends with benefits, but but yeah, but you right, right. But the thing is, he was came from a very macho culture, because Israeli culture is macho, and if and even though the women do serve in the military there, you know the men are very macho. They very very macho. So he comes from a very militaristic macho culture and then he turns around and his family is like bugging out that he wants to do hair and he used it and, I, and I, you know I, I, at first I didn't want to watch it but then I watched it I thought it was funny and all he wanted to do was do hair you understand what I'm saying yeah, and blow dry was, and he did great hair he knew how to cut hair you know he was like Vidal Sassoon you know so yeah it, it, <laughs> I had to use that example because you know he gets through kicking people's butt and taking, taking names and prisoners and then turns around and says I don't want to do this no more I want to cut hair <laughs> you know because they think cutting hair is like so sissy you understand what I'm saying um, okay. As far as that's concerned, you know, so I so you know again we get ascribed these roles, you know, and it's and sometimes it it does damage because again you have men that like to wear their hair long, very long. Yes. You and exactly. You know what I'm saying? They like to have their hair flowing. Some some women mm -hmm. like to have their hair cut short, even shaved. Um, natural and you know that could be that that's another that could be another show right there especially 
um, in the black community. That could be another another show right there because you know now we're going through this uh, thing about natural hair, you know, and wearing our you know wearing our natural hair and wearing it low right. and, and and close cropped, you know. And a lot of times, you know, when people see you with short hair, first thing they think you're a man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you cut your hair short. Mm -hmm. Because hair, you associate long hair with being feminine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, what's... Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm saying it's a very, that's a long-standing tradition for many cultures. Yeah. It's a of women and, mm -hmm. you know, especially coming from Africa the more elaborate the hair style, the higher the rank they were in society, the right. level that they were on. Mm -hmm. um, that's why when the slaves were brought from Africa to America, they cut their hair yeah. and all the, removed all the adornments so that they, they could not be recognized for what level they were in the society or the community in which they came. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's very important in the black community. Unfortunately, in some cases, a little too important. Right. And, you know, it will cause people to uh, do things that they don't need to do just to get the attention from um, from males, mainly males. So, well, you know, we've had we've had to, you know, as as African Americans, we've all had to assimilate, and mm -hmm. the way we assimilate it is by straightening the hair and relaxing it, um, putting. Um, um, what they call it, a uh, relaxer men conk conking their hair, what they call conking. And conking. Yeah. Uh, they, that was the first thought process. Yeah. Right, you know, hair processing, you know, and um, we had to assimilate, you know, with society. But, you know, um, and, and that is for heterosexual and for the gay community because the gay community had to assimilate too. Um, to some extent, we had to blend in. And, mm -hmm. and how... And if we, you know, again, we come from a culture where we have to blend in. We have to look a certain way, you know. If people see us in braids, they tend to ascribe braids to slavery. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Not ascribing braids to the fact that a lot of Africans did wear their hair in braids. You know, they had different styles. And something that was not um, strange to Africa is strange to mm -hmm. hear and like you said we've had to cover either they cut our hair off or they we had to cover our hair because remember we couldn't look attractive more attractive than the white slave masters um you know a wife you know we couldn't look better than them you know in terms of our because you know i feel that black people have natural beauty and natural good looks natural looks but we couldn't, but they had to make us look like we're pitiful by making us cut off the hair and, you know, made the women look more like men so that they wouldn't be identified as female, you know. So it's, it's those, mm -hmm. you know, those type of things, you know. But again, it still plays today in gender roles because some people do like to see their partner look a certain way. Or be a certain way. Which is understandable. I mean, which is understandable to, to a degree. That, that I understand. But we're going to go to 
Whether it's straight or gay, that still exists. But um, to me, I think that's very crippling because mm-hmm. if you have one person that's doing everything, taking care of the finances, paying the rent, what, there will come a time where you may decide y'all want to separate. You mm-hmm. you may want to break up. But if you don't know how to pay rent, okay, or basically handle other bills your bills <laughs> as well as other bills your personal bills as well as bills for how to live you're going to have a problem and you're going to feel like you're in a corner and usually in those type of situations like that you may end up going back to the person that you left because it, it's saying that you can't swim out there you don't know how to swim and you need help and um, you need to go back because financially you can't make it. And I think to me that is one of the most um, depressing things that could ever happen to anyone. I don't care if they're gay or straight. If you are so codependent on the other person paying the bills and you don't even know what a, a, a rent statement looks like or you don't know how to write a check 
or don't know how to balance even your personal bills, you're going to have a problem. And that means that instead of having a healthy relationship, um, you know, with that individual, you have a codependent. Um, codependent without love, I feel. It's going to be codependent. It's not even a business relationship because it's not like you're, you're helping to make uh, decisions as a business. You're just, you're just becoming codependent to the point that, that it, it will cripple you. And um, it'll just make you um, turn in and you'll get depressed and it may be detrimental to you. You know, um, I think it's important that when you it's just like anything else, when you go into a relationship, you got to have your own identity. And sometimes we allow our identity to get consumed by the other person, whoever is the dominant one. And relate because if the person says, "Oh, I got this. I'll take care of it. I got this." No, I want to see somebody. And this is just my personal opinion. If I'm in a relationship with my partner or something like that, I want to know that they want to take care of that. You understand what I'm saying? And even if I have to say, "You know what, babe? Take care of that. You take care of that. I'll take care of that." Okay? Um, because if because I think what ha ends up happening if you have that type of relationship. Where you're with a person that they want you to take care of everything. What ends up happening is it drains you too. You know. And what ends up happening is. Is that you become resentful. Of that other person. Okay. Because you feel that they, they should be doing more. But if you are acting passive aggressive. In that relationship. And you're not. And, and instead of you know. You talk with sarcasm. But you're not really coming out and saying. What the problem is Then you're going to have an argument You're going to fight And that's going to cause a problem So I think You know what I'm saying I, I think that you know you shouldn't really become Codependent to that point where you don't know How to handle in case something happens Or whatever how to handle that Well I, I hear what you're saying And uh, I, would, I would agree with a lot of it But I also think and I don't want to blame that person who we, we are, you know, which mm -hmm. label is codependent. Because mm -hmm. a lot of that base is based on agreements mm -hmm. and contracts. Right. A lot of times, the person who may be the submissive one or feminine one, why don't we just say more feminine one in it? You know, they may want to live that fantasy and that one who is the more dominant one or the one that is control, in control of the uh, relationship and everything else or takes control of it they also make a promise to that person they, they've committed and said hey you don't have to ever worry about a thing especially when there's marriage that's a lifelong contract yes it is but it, 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 it depends on if the person believes in the contract. So you can have a lifelong contract, but if you don't live by it, then that's what causes the breakdown of that foundation. Now, you're right. The more feminine one or one who, who has the less responsibility should have knowledge about what's going on. But even if they don't, the one who is in control should also make sure to empower that person, even if they don't do it on a regular basis just so it can be balanced and they can at least understand 
in the event that something physically happens to them. Not that they, they leave the relationship, but they get in a car accident or right. anything like that. That's right. Every, and, if, and, and really we're going to use it as wife, wife, and husband, or wife and wife, husband and husband, the one that is the one that's being taken care of still should be empowered. So that's why I said I don't want to blame everything on them because a lot of this comes back to that person who is the controlling one, that one who wants to sweep this person off their feet and give them the world because they're saying, basically, I want to give you the world and you don't have to worry about anything. Then it's up to them to also make sure you keep your part of the contract. You won't have a depressed person if you're doing what you're supposed to do. Well, well, you're keeping up with the contract. Well, I, you know what? Not, not saying that um, I'm blaming anyone, but I think a lot of times... Whether it's a a um, whether it's straight or gay relationship, you need to revisit things. Mm-hmm. Meaning that, let's revisit that, and I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. We need to revisit that, you know, mm-hmm. and talk about that. That's where the communication comes in, because mm-hmm. I should be able to say to you, "Listen, I'm not going to be able to carry the bills this month. I need you to carry the bills, okay? Or at least I need you to be able to carry this bill. I'll carry this bill." But believe it or not, though, I, I, um, in, 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 in they say, according to research, um, they were saying that gay couples, they have more equal relationships and they share more responsibilities. So it's not, they say that is not saying they don't have them situations where one is, you know, carrying the burden and the other, but there is a more of an equal sharing um, in terms of, you know, the responsibilities um, in the relationship, okay? Um, especially, um, right. this, this was a study that was done um, by the annual meeting of the American Sociological uh, Association, and um, they found that in same-sex relationship, there is there is some sharing. There's a lot of sharing of the of the right. responsibilities um, between each other. But like I said, like anything else, you know, some that that sometimes that does not happen naturally. That's all I'm saying. Stuff like that, like you say, it's a contract, right? There's some agreements that have to be made, and I don't think anyone going into any relationship or marriage with someone should assume. That this person does this and they do that. That that you have to have a discussion. I don't care what anybody says. You have to have a discussion about who's going to do what. And if this one right. can't do it, but then they will do it. Right. Right. In the beginning, so it, right. It may not necessarily. It may not necessarily mm-hmm. work for that. Right. But usually, in in a heterosexual relationship, if you do have the one that's making all the money, uh-huh. they will not put the pressure on the other person mm-hmm. because they could be taking care of children. That that brings a big major role. It's right. your responsibility is to be um, the caretaker of the children or even the caretaker of uh, elderly family person. We may not be able to pay close attention to the bills and stuff like that because right. taking care of the children are full-time jobs. So, yeah, it depends on the situation. It depends on what it is. But either way, I'm just saying that 
the, the foundation of all of that has to do with the, these two people agreeing that. And hopefully before they come to the day table of marriage and decide to get married, mm -hmm. you talked about it, you understand basically each person's role or position and what they're generally supposed to do. Right. But either way, whether you are the caretaker or you're being taken care of, mm -hmm. you should generally have an idea of how to pay the bills and what to pay the bills. Because mm -hmm. some people like, they want to pay all the bills because they feel they give them a sense of power, a sense of worth, a sense of pride because you're taking care of your family. Right. You're taking care of the person you love. So it depends. In that situation, I think that role traditionally in the past may have worked um, only because, you know, of, you know, certain factors. Maybe life was a lot simpler then, but now it's a little different depending on the the two people involved, how many children, where you live, those make a major difference. But I mean, I think both can agree that, you know, it's about having a discussion, mm -hmm. finding out what you want to do, right. take care of what, right. you know, empowering the other person who is being taken care of, just in, the, just in case something physically happens, like where's the, where's the passwords for the bank account, how right. do you pay the bills? Right. Where do I keep the bills? Those mm -hmm. kind of things. Right. If you're in the hospital, you, you can't do none of that. You yeah. don't know nothing about that. That's, and that's what is important. Yeah. So if you're, if you're, your husband or wife or, or your, your husband or your partner is in the hospital and they're about to cut off the lights, you need to know how to get to the bank account, right? So you can well, pay now, absolutely. You're right about that. And that and that's just that's just common sense stuff. Meaning that um, you, you should know that. You know, and this is where I, you know, let's throw the let's throw the gender roles out the window on this one because, you know, you need to. That's what you need to know, because those type right. of events can happen. You anything can happen, where you may need somebody. You may have to give them the keys, you know, or you know, you need to give them access. You need to know who's the beneficiaries. In case something happens to you, is your partner or your husband or wife or whatever, are they down as the proxy? Are they down as the um, person to contact in case of emergency? Who's down? Who is on those documents? And you're right about that because, you know, you can have your pride about who's the dominant one, but at the end of the day, if something happens to either one of you, can one of you say you know where stuff is? If you can't say you know where stuff is, then you know what? You, you better either get it together, figure it out, figure it out, get it together, get it documented. Because that's where you're going to see where the power is, whether it's an it's a, a equal power share in that relationship. Because... Even if the person decides that they want to be a submissive in the relationship, they still may have the power because they know where everything is. You know what I'm saying? Or you, oh, you say, oh, because, oh, because she, you know, oh, she knows, she remembers everything. I don't remember nothing. Don't fall for that. Uh-uh. Don't even play that game. Yeah, she might remember and know where everything is, but what do you know about her side? Do you know everything? Do you know where certain things are? Do you know the passwords? You up there leaving it up to her. Oh, I don't want to think right now. You better think. You can act black blonde if you want to. 
You understand what I'm saying? But you need to know what certain things are those documents, certain things because life happens. You know what I'm saying? So whether you the, the submissive or the dom or your equal relationship, somebody better know something. And both of y'all need to know you need to know something. Don't you agree? I I agree. I agree. But even and let's I wanna even take it a step further. Even if you don't get the information to the password of how to build, if you're being taken care of mm-hmm. and that person gives you an allowance mm-hmm. or or you get to um you know, household money, allowance, uh, whatever, living expense money. Mm-hmm. Or if you're working, yeah. don't go out there and buy. Don't go out there and buy two thousand pairs of shoes. You need to start banking that money. That's right. No matter what, mm-hmm. even if you can't get access to this, mm-hmm. you at least have access to some money so you can handle your business. That's right. Exactly. Because you know, everybody needs a get out of jail card. A plan, <laughs> or or get out of. Listen, I don't. I don't. I listen. I don't. That's right. Listen, I. You know, it, and and yes, with being sick, but also if you decide you want to get out the relationship, you better. You just sick and tired. You just sick and You better have some sick and tired money. You understand what I'm saying? I'm oh, sick and tired. Cha ching. I want some. I'm sick. sick and tired. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Listen, listen here. I'm not. Mm, okay, I don't want to touch that one. Too much. Right. We're so gonna go to the next one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We wind it down now. So, but anyway, but get, yeah, get your sick and tired money together. Okay. Get your sick. Well, make sure you have a sick and tired pot. That's right. Account. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh-huh. You don't want your partner to know send that statement to your girlfriend out. <laughs> <laughs> and that goes to you two men that you say you want to leave because they're men who are kept too now. Let's not get this. Oh, that's listen. We gonna listen. You're gonna be a kept. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. That's right. That's right. So if y'all men are, are tired, uh-huh. Uh, you don't want to be kept behind anymore. Right. You make sure you have some sick and tired money. That's right. That's right. Well, Professor T. Love said your sick and tired money, and I'm saying just make sure you have a statement. Go to somebody else's house or just get the. That's right. Online only, so there's no record of it. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Listen. Okay. Now that we done started the problems and some relationships, let me go to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's it. The next one is dominance over the relationship. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. This one is an example of traditional gender roles is closely related to the man being a troll in control of the relationship. Mm. Um, and he is the dominant party no matter what. Mm. And the woman is the this is basically what we were talking. You mean? And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You know, but when this happens, is there any compromise? Because sometimes you see um, where there are the men, and I'm sure this happens in the gay community as well, there's a person who is the dominant over the relationship. That means they have absolute control. And a lot of times in that, that can also mean domestic violence. Mm. 
Yeah. A lot of control. Yeah. Now, before we were talking about control of the relationship and everything else, mm-hmm. but dominance is a lot more stronger. Meaning, it's the person who they're over has no say mm-hmm. about anything. Mm-hmm. What they wear, how they dress, that is complete dominance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That person determines everything as compared to before where there could have been some flexibility. But mm-hmm. you do see there's a lot in domestic violence where domestic violence will exist because that person is exerting their control mm-hmm. over that person on how the house should be run, how they should speak, how they should talk. And it has nothing to, to, to really do with the union of the relationship but in an oppressive state. Oh, yeah. In an yeah. oppressive environment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. that's, these things can occur. Right. Especially if the female is the breadwinner. Oh, yeah. You know, that's not mm-hmm. an absolute. So I don't want anyone to think that what I'm saying is if the woman is the breadwinner and a man doesn't make as much or her partner doesn't make as much, she's going to be in a domestic violence situation. I'm not saying that. It, it it can be prevalent because the man is made because the female appears to be in more control and he wants to exert his dominance and it doesn't even have to be financial it mm-hmm. could be it could be um, as, as far academic she could be smarter yeah and and, and he could be threatened or she could be threatened right so go ahead. well in the in the in the let let's take it another step further you know a lot of people don't sure. Um, think that there's a high prevalence of domestic violence in LGBT communities, but there is. And the way that some of those um, things manifest can manifest in a few ways. Um, there's like the threat of like, in other words, it can be intimate partner abuse. It can be about controlling of finances, but all but it can go to a deeper level where. It's intimate partner abuse where it manifests itself through the threat of outing. Like you will out your partner um, if, if you know by telling them if you don't do what I tell you to do, I will tell your parents, your friends, your church, you're gay. And they say that is very common um, in the LGBT community and it's used to control another person. So if a person in a relationship is closeted, you know what I'm saying, they not only feel afraid of stigma, you know, being stigmatized, but they feel afraid of being stigmatized not only by the outside people, but also from rejection from his or her family. Because you know, in some um, in some communities, you know, they still look down on you on people being gay. So it's still a sore point. Now, other things that can be another another issue um, could be gender-based insults. Like, for instance, you're not gay enough. You're too gay. Now, this is a gay this is a gay person saying this shit, right? Let me run, let me let me run this down to you, right? Right. You're, you're not gay enough. Now, this is gay people saying this. You know, in a domestic violence situation, you're too gay, or you say you're bisexual because you want to sleep around. Or you're too butch to be a real woman, <laughs> whatever that means. Real women do not wear cargo shorts. You know, you know, those are like, <laughs> like those. 
you laughing, but this is you laughing, but this is people. They do that. They do. You know that can happen because your partner, um, you know, if they want to, you know, if they want to take a stab at you, they do it through an, an oppressive way by using gayness. Even though you're both gay now, you're going to use a gay insult. Okay, so that's like okay, a. So wait a minute. Can you break down? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but really, this is like a really fascinating question. Can you break down? Like, just give me a scenario where it's like, okay, no, I, 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 a gay I, person I, tell another person you're not gay enough, or you're too gay. Well, I, I'll what give you an. I, like, you know, no, I give you. I give you an example. You could be in a. You can give. I'll give you a good example. Um. The the, uh, the people shall be nameless, right? Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. You get a situation where you have two people they're in a relationship with each other, and one person accuses them because they have male friends. They accuse them of sleeping with them, even though that's not true. Now, mind you, they're both gay. But the person gets accused of sleeping with a man, therefore you're bisexual now, okay? And really the issue is that they don't like men, but you have male friends, right? And then they'll turn around and insult you and say, oh, you got all these male friends, you sure you're not sleeping with them? You know, something like that. Okay? You know, as far as that's... Or, you might get a situation where... Like, uh, here's another situation. You're you're in a relationship with someone and they're trying to dress you. So, in their eyes, you don't look butch enough. Right? Just because you like to wear different, like, bright colors. And you like to wear, like, you know, feminine blouses. But... But they feel that that's not being butch enough Because you like to wear You know nice blouses You know So this is what I'm saying Those are what you call gender based insults And they're real Because I feel to me If somebody wants to hurt you That's how they go at it You know in terms of You know in in LGBT that's how they'll get at it with you with with you because they can't really handle who you are instead of dealing with you as a person and your identity meaning everybody's different meaning that we all have our likes and dislikes and we like certain things but it you know but you can't really just classify us the way you want us to be classified and that happens a lot in the gay community too okay so that's what i mean by that that is exactly what I mean. And that's a form of domestic violence. In fact, that's mental abuse. That's considered mental right. abuse. Okay? Everything is not physical. A lot of things, a lot of the things, physical hurts, but mental hurts more, I feel. Or they both equal. But when you start mentally messing with somebody and saying things like that, that's mental abuse. That is mental abuse. And has nothing to do with gay or straight. When you're mentally abusing someone, that's a problem. That's a problem. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So that's what I mean by that. Okay. So we coming close. Are we coming close to the last 
last item? The, the last, well, we got two more. Okay. Let me wrap these up. The nurturer of the family, mm. you know, the one that takes care of everyone, you mm. know, uh, the mm -hmm. most nurturing. We usually associate the nurturer with the female mm -hmm. or the submissive in, in the family. Mm -hmm. They usually aren't necessarily associated with being the breadwinner or the dominant one, mm -hmm. but we can also look at nurturers as usually our mothers, our grandmothers, our great-grandmothers, a stay-at-home mom, they take care of the children, they cook and clean, and, you know, it's normally seen as a pretty rewarding role, but it is not a role that most people at one point gave any respect to, because back um, some time ago, stay-at-home moms didn't get much respect as far as that's concerned. Now uh, the tides are changing because they realize how it, one, important it is for someone to be home to raise the kids, someone to be home to be the nurturer and take care of the grandparents or the elderly parents. Whereas before it wasn't, it wasn't given that more powerful status. So it's the nurturer, and like I said, it's usually it was usually associated with women, but in many cases nowadays you see more men. Mm -hmm. You see a lot of stay-at-home dads. Mm -hmm. You know, dads that are in at the playground, mm -hmm. at the PTA meeting, mm -hmm. and they are the nurturing ones. And they're also taking care of the elderly parents. Yes, they are. And I, and I know a couple of men that they're taking care of their parents. Yes, because the roles are changing now. And I think in those situations, when it comes to your elder parents, sometimes it, it I don't think it's, it, it could be a gender thing. I think sometimes it has to do with whatever dynamics are going on in the family and who is the one that will take the responsibility of doing that. Um, in regards to that You know a lot of times that role I still feel the role still falls on the female um, when, it, when it comes to taking care of, of their elder parents But I'm finding that a lot more men are doing it You know what I'm saying right. and, 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 they, and they love their parents just as much as the women do and they want to make sure that their parents are taken care of or their parent is taken care of, you know, in, in the proper way. So I, I think that the nurturer today um, is not the same as maybe 50 or 60 years ago or maybe even 30, 30 years ago, 30 to 40 years ago. I think things have changed so much um, that um, a nurturer, um, I think a nurturer can be anybody. It just means that you have to have a heart to do that. You know, not everybody can be a nurturer because there's some women out here that they don't need to be a nurturer at all because they ain't got the heart to do it. <laughs> okay, let's be real. They just as cold as ice. Okay, and you got people that are cold as ice. There's not one nurturing bone in them. Okay, I just think it's whoever has the heart to do it. But the thing about being a nurturer is that it can drain you. You can be very well. Yes, being yeah. a caretaker. Well, being a caretaker is a yeah. caretaker. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
it's very stressful because there's a lot of pressure on you and sometimes people place unrealistic expectations on the nurturer yeah they do um, mm-hmm. they, and they, they also forget that nurturer is human and wants to have a life too right? yes <laughs> you need to go out like, right if you're home all day with a bunch of kids going to drive you crazy right because you don't get to talk to adults right you only talk to children all day yes or if you're home taking care of senior citizens and children right you know you go from one extreme to another right you need to to right. take a break you need yeah. someone to give yeah. you a reprieve and and that's kind of hard people don't do that but you know what i find is that even though you you know i, I don't have brothers and sisters you know my 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 father and i we share responsibility um, by making sure we put things in place for my mom and everything like that, but I've heard stories with people with brothers and sisters, and sometimes that can be a nightmare because you know, bro- you know, brothers and sisters tend to think, you know, since you already doing it, I don't need to do it. No, they don't, that's not how it works. You know, you share, mm-hmm. you you share responsibility, but sometimes I find that even with families that have brothers and sisters, they will let the burden fall on one or two people. In the family, right? You know, and and the same thing applies with the husband. Mm -hmm. Um, If they if children, a lot of uh, men are partners. Yeah, especially if they're the breadwinner. Yeah, they allow all the burden to fall on the person that is home. Right. And I can understand the point, but even that person that is home with the children, Mm -hmm. sometimes they need a break or they need assistance. Yeah. Even if it's for five minutes or ten minutes. That's right. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying, and it, and it, and sometimes people think it's got to be oh, you know, am I going to get stuck? Nobody's getting stuck. Trust me, things got to be on a schedule anyway, right? So you're not going to get stuck. But I understand, you know, just being the nurturer or the caretaker slash caretaker, it's a lot of stress involved, and there's a lot of you know, balancing you have to do, and sometimes it's the hardest thing to do. It really is. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Exactly, and the uh, we're gonna just go to the next one because we're gonna wrap this up. Yes, is which we sort of covered. Gender differences will always be the same, meaning that no matter um, how we look at it, these these differences in gender in gender are gonna come up because normally. The man is seen as more physically stronger than mm-hmm. the woman. Right. So most people are going to assume that he can handle all the stronger um, tasks in the household, in the relationship, things that deal with that of power. And women are usually um, not as powerful physically. And um, this will cause you know, her to be assigned to doing all the most uh, lesser of the two, nurturing. Yeah, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. She won't have have to do anything challenging. Right. But um, one thing that they did bring is that even though men are more physically built for certain things, Mm-hmm. If, even if they're for, you know, even if they're for, if when they're forced to do something out of what they normally would want to do, let's say 
they're physically strong and someone would assume they're ready to play football or go to the gym and pick up 2,000 pound weights or something mm -hmm. that pushing them into that field or making them do something very uh, domineering or associating with being masculine mm -hmm. can sometimes cause more developmental issues Right. like if they're younger right. forcing a child to be a certain way mm -hmm. meaning you know if he's a boy he has to play with toys he, mm -hmm. he can't play with even if it's just temporary he may want to look at the dog he may not want to right? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I remember I had a co-worker mm -hmm. and her son for the longest time had a dog and a stroller up until he was like I don't know, maybe 11 years old. And she just allowed him to play with it. Mm -hmm. That was it. That's all he wanted to do was play mm -hmm. with it. Mm -hmm. You know, because sometimes think if a boy plays a doll, he's just going to be gay. And that's not, a, that's not the case. That's true. The young man, mm -hmm. yeah, the young man, he no longer has a doll or a stroller. Mm -hmm. But he's very much a heterosexual. <laughs> he has no interest in being gay right. but sometimes people project that oh well if you do this you're going to be that and a lot of times you just have to like you said let it unfold well you know what I think that what you're talking about um shows you how much we don't know about gender identity and sexuality okay um and we really don't because there was a fabulous um Magazine um, National Geographic dedicated a whole magazine towards gender identity, and you know we still don't understand what is gender identity and what is sexuality, and many people d believe that sexual development becomes important until you're in puberty and adolescence, but they say you know uh, according to um, some doctors. Um, they believe that that children begin showing sexual behavior and interests in their sexual functioning starting in infancy. And development of your gender, identity, um, and your sexuality, it cuts across your physical, your social, your cognitive, your emotional, and developmental channels. So each what people don't understand is that you have to remember that and they don't understand it because again this has to do with culture and how you know we're brought up too you know and mm -hmm. that it's important to remember that each child is unique right and they may develop more rapidly or slowly than other children so when you talking about that this kid was was playing with uh, dolls you know pushing the carriage when you at, at a certain age You don't ascribe that to being a girl You're just seeing it as an object And you're playing with it Because you like it Right Now I know um, as, a, as, a, as a little girl for myself Just from personal I did not like dolls I used to rip the doll heads off I hated them Okay Because I didn't like the way they look Okay they look scary number one And number two I didn't find that fascinating what I found fascinating was the cars. I had a train set because I like I can build little towns and I can have the people. I had um, I don't know if you remember, and I'm dating myself. I had Weebles, 
and the Weebles had a car, and they were little round eggs. They weren't people, but they were little round oval shapes with eyes, had clothes, and they had a car and a camper, and it was a very popular toy because it, it did not, an oval shape does not ascribe to a girl or boy. It's just an oval. It's an egg. You understand? So mm -hmm. that's what I mean by that. You know, a lot of what we consider masculine and feminine, um, a lot of times when we're young, when we're infants and we're in like two, three, four, five, we don't, we don't deal with that crap like we deal with when we get in our teens and in adulthood. You know, and when we're young, we're like, you know what? I like this toy and I'm playing with it. But then that's when we come in and we say, no, your boy, you don't do that. Or your girl, you don't play with that. You're supposed to wear dresses and, and you know, stuff like that. And, and what they're finding just to, you know, um, end with that, meaning that the, in the National Geographic, they said the same thing is that we're still learning about what is gender identity. I'm serious. And some cultures, they have where the men are married to the men. Um, there's like a, I think it's, um, I don't know if it's in Bali or one or, or, or it's over in Southeast Asia that you have cultures where the men are married to other men or they look like women. Okay. So, Again, a lot of people say, oh, I wouldn't, you know, I'm still a man. That's okay. That's great. You identify as a man. That's cool. Ain't nobody saying you can't. But what I'm saying is that we got to be very careful when we talk about gender identity. We really do. Because even the scientists get amazed every day about how much we don't know about gender identity. Exactly. So, next week... We're about to wrap up. But first, Professor, tell everybody how they can reach you and what's going on. You can reach me at the professor at lovesexrelationships.com or you can go to my website and leave a message, Pearls of Black, www.pearlsofblack.com. You can reach me on Instagram at P-O-B-Professor. You can reach me at Tumblr, which is Pearls of Black Blog 2012. You can reach me on Facebook, The Professor, or Pearls of Black. Um, uh, there's so many ways you can reach me. Um, also, I will be here with you, and they can reach us um, once again at and you can catch up with me Professor T Love I have a music podcast that celebrates classic soul and new R&B called A Bowl of Soul A Mixed Stew of Soul Music you can catch up with me on Fridays at 6pm on www.prn.fm 6pm Eastern Standard Time 3pm Pacific make sure you go to my website which is a bowl of soul.com where you can get into the archives and check out some classic soul and give you some history of R&B music from 1949 to the present. I am also here. We are streaming 
live right now on live365.com on my radio network called ebolasoul.com and after you listen to this podcast you can listen to some cool R&B soul music non-stop music 7 days a week 24 hours of the day, 365 days of soul. Make sure you catch up with me at Ebola Soul on Twitter. And also you can email me at Ebola Soul at gmail.com and follow my Facebook page, Ebola of Soul, a mixture of soul music. And yes, uh, next week's topic will be, and it's going to be fun. I'm going to tell you this right now. Our topic next week at 8 o'clock on Wednesday will be about how to deal with age gap and relationships with older partners. Hmm. What do you think, uh, Professor? Or maybe if you're the older partner. That, that's true. Because <laughs> you could be the older partner. You know, you that's need. right, honey. Cougar, cougar, cougar. Cougar, you know. So, <laughs> you know, you, you got to know, know what the tips are for dating somebody younger than you. Hmm. And how young? Yes. How young? That's well, the question. how young is too young? We're going to cover all those easy <laughs> topics. Because I think this should be hot and sexy, honey. Because, you know, when you reach a, of a certain age, you know, people put you in certain categories and say you can do this and you can't do that. And that's not right. Robbing the cradles and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And you know, wonder if sometimes it can really be true love. Because sometimes you can have a person who's older than someone, but guess what? It may really be true love. That's true. But we'll talk about that. And we'll talk about that. So, we're wrapping up love, sex, and relationships with the professor. And Professor T. Love. So, we wish you a good night. And, stay and, and a greater tomorrow. And a greater tomorrow. And make sure you catch up with this podcast because it will be repeated at 12 noon up until Tuesday and at 8 p.m. every day up until next week, Tuesday, which will be because, you know, we're in March right now. Next week, Tuesday, March 6th. And then you can tune into us on March 7th at 8 p.m. So we wish you a good night. And a pleasant and tomorrow. Yeah. Good night.